So one of the trends that's been happening in the uh, extended reality XR world is data visualization. Can we go away from the traditional spreadsheet and now create a 3D experience of data? So now placing the data not just on a chart, but right in front of you in 3D so that you can walk around it and you can understand what it is that you're doing and what happens when you change certain parameters, right? So for example, if a government is planning uh, new roads and is planning to uh, figure out how the transportation is going to be affected and how the traffic is going to be affected in that particular space, you can simulate those particular environments and simulate those uh, visuals in 3D as opposed to just on your screen uh, as an Excel sheet. Um, I think that's going to lead to significant benefits, both for the public and also for the people that are making these decisions because now they can uh, think much more visually. Hello and welcome to the podcast, episode 30. So it's coming up to our one year anniversary of the podcast. We're almost 12 months old, which is really exciting. It's gone really quickly, but I feel like we've come on quite a big journey over this past year and evolved into something that initially we didn't expect. So it's been a great journey. Over the next sort of two weeks, I'll be releasing a special birthday episode, um, which will be a compilation of all the best bits from our first year. So be sure to look out for that. Today, though, we're speaking to Akib Usman, who's the founder and CEO of Midwest Immersive. Akib is joining us all the way from Chicago. So a little bit about Midwest Immersive then. They're an interactive technology studio and they work with brands and agencies to combine new media art forms with emerging technologies. So it's really like striking that balance between digital and physical. Some of the projects he's worked on is absolutely incredible. Um, He's worked with young entrepreneurs as well as huge brands like Adidas, Nike, Cadbury and won multiple awards for best augmented reality and sort of innovation as a whole such an interesting and impressive guy um we talked to him about some of his biggest success stories some of the most interesting projects he's worked on including a really cool one with adidas and then obviously the podcast is all about public sector digital transformation so i want to know how public sector can really start embracing immersive technologies to better engage their constituents and potentially increase efficiencies and maybe even save money um so we talk about what takeaways the public sector can take from private sector organizations that are currently utilizing immersive technologies as well as just how the government as a whole could actually use it so he comes up with some quite cool ideas so really hope you enjoy this episode as always please use hashtag the botcast to let us know your thoughts and feedback so yeah i really hope you enjoy this one over to the show hi akib thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here today and uh, excited to kind of share a little bit more about XR and how it can apply to the world that we're living in right now. So to give a little bit of background then, in July 2016, you set up Midwest Immersive, which is an interactive technology studio. So you tend to work with a lot of brands and agencies combining new media art forms with emerging technologies to create these kind of really interesting, one-of-a-kind customer experiences. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey um, that led you to set up Midwest Immersive? 
Absolutely. Um, I mean, I've always had two parallel passions. One of them has been film and the other has been technology. So I ended up going to school, um, college for technology, uh, for film actually here in Chicago. Um, studied film for four years, graduated and started working in the film space. And at the back of my mind, I always had a little bit of an itch thinking, oh, I want to get back into the technology space and do a lot more with the tech. So even while working in film, I constantly was wondering, hmm, what kind of cameras we're using, what technology we're using to build this. Um, and that's a curiosity that's been with me throughout. So a couple of years into graduating uh, university, I ended up working luckily at a technology company here in Chicago. Uh, it was a startup that was helping create uh, immersive experiences using live streaming. So helping people travel to different countries around the world without physically traveling. And that was something that was really, really engaging to me. Uh, I did that for a couple of years. And it was at that time or around that time that uh, Facebook purchased a company called Oculus, which was a virtual reality company uh, in San Francisco, in the Silicon Valley at the time, that was really, really, really intriguing. It was one of Facebook's biggest acquisitions to date even. Um, that allowed people to put on a headset and go into a completely different world. When I put on one of those headsets, I was in awe of what the possibilities here were. And it got me thinking, what are the possibilities of virtual reality and augmented reality technology? It felt closer than it ever was. And it was literally something out of a movie and something that was now popped into our reality and something that I was, uh, I couldn't help but continue to pursue. And in a way, if you think about it, it was a perfect marriage of my skills. So I was really interested in film and I was also interested in technology and this thing almost did both. So that led me to start a meetup group called the Midwest Immersive Technology Meetup and get people in a room together to talk about immersive technology. After I did that, I grew the meetup from two to like every meetup had 20 people coming in to 200 people at one point uh, within a short span of about six to seven months. So by seeing an increase in attendees to these particular meetups, I realized like, okay, there's at least a little bit of a demand here. People want to know about this technology and learn about it. They're interested enough to show up to the meetups. They're interested enough to pay for the meetups because we were charging for those meetups at the time. So um, there's certainly a demand. And me being the organizer of these events, um, I realized that I had a very short supply of speakers in the city of Chicago. Like it was hard for me to find people at the time that were able to speak intelligently about these subjects. So I put two and two together and said, hmm, if there's a shortage in the amount of people that we're having come to speak at these events and we have to bring them in from different places. And there's enough of a demand here, this means something. So through the meetup, I was able to uh, find a couple of initial early clients and spin it off into Midwest Immersive as is today, as opposed to the Midwest Immersive Tech Meetup. Now we still wanna do the tech meetup, we just haven't had the time to, to be honest, but that's something that's on our books. But this, is, has, this has been our journey so far.
That's super interesting. I love your journey and I love how you've married both of your passions. That's so lovely. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a blessing so far and uh, I'm looking forward to continuing on this path over the next few years. Yeah, definitely. And um, before I forget to say a massive congratulations, because I know you've won a few awards recently. So that was Best Augmented Reality 2018, I believe, and Interactive and Social Gold winner 2018. So yeah, massive congrats for that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, that particular project that actually won us those awards was also a very interesting project. Um, you mind if I share them? No, definitely. Please do. <laughs> um, yeah, we, uh, Snapchat, um, the, the app, the social media app, actually at the time had released a new functionality that allowed developers to create their own unique Snapchat lenses and filters. So um, we got really interested in that. And then alongside it, we had also been working um, with a young intern of ours at a at, uh, at Midwest Immersive, who connected us with a fashion designer in the city of Chicago that was around his age. She was about 17, 18 as well. And she was, uh, he was showing us her work and that was something that was really interesting and told us that she had an upcoming event coming up, launching the, um, uh, her new fashion line, her new collection for that particular season. So always uh, encouraging young entrepreneurs is certainly something that's uh, a large mission of our company and something that we're always trying to do more of. So we combined those two things together and uh, essentially created a custom Snapchat lens for her event that was um, branded and created a, a hype amongst that demographic, right? Um, for a demographic that's around the 21 years of age, uh, and below and above slightly, Snapchat is the perfect tool. So the idea was people would go up to her event and they would find a snap code, they would scan the snap code and they would get a custom Snapchat lens that you could only access at that event in particular. So we created that thing and it got almost, uh, I wanna say 299 uh, scans from a roughly about 300 person room. Um, gaining 24,000 views within four hours of the event. Wow. So it's quite successful. So from a social media perspective and a technology perspective and got people really intrigued in what was going on uh, in their environment as well. That's so cool. That's right at my street as well because I've actually got a background in fashion before I ended up in uh, I love that. Um, so what was the lens? What was the lens? Um, so it was, we, we put in elements of the new campaign into the lens directly. So the lens that we created for her uh, was inspired by the early 2000s. So we put in like these cassette tapes, we put in the early 2000s cell phones, we put in some like sparkles, we put in uh, a lot of uh, just, oh, there was a vinyl record player going on there. So. For Kim, uh, Kimisha Moxie, who's the fashion designer uh, who had created the brand, and, and Matt Smith, who had introduced us to her. Uh, for Kim, it was something that was 
pertaining to her childhood. So it's something that she had grown up with and around the 2000s nostalgia, because that's the age that we're living in now. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Um, so as well as working with like young entrepreneurs new to the new to the business, you've also worked with some incredible brands, including Adidas, Nike, Cadbury, Tech Week, and the list goes on. So would you like to talk about some of the most exciting and interesting projects you worked on for some of the bigger brands? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I'm constantly looking at, hmm, what's the next one? And what we've been able to do has always been um, increase the size and scale of our projects consistently. Uh, so if you ask me what the most exciting project I'm working on right now is, I'm always going to say it's, it's going to be the next one that I'm working on. Uh, that said, I feel like an interesting project that's also displayed on our website is this Adidas RV that we did. Um, what we helped do was create a digital experience inside of a physical space, uh, the physical space being an RV, um, and the digital experience being one where we can use uh, an iPad. So from a consumer's perspective, right, there's an iPad that you go in and say, here's my player style, here's my um, favorite player, here's who I am inspired by. And once you give us these, this information, we use it to create a silo for you. So we assign you to either the X, the Nemesis, or the Predator's silo, which are three different soccer shoes that they have. And using this, we give you a custom light show on the inside of the RV. So once you walk into the RV, there's these three locker type setups that are lined with LED lights. And we've activated those to give you a custom light show. And at the end of that light show, it reveals to you which shoe you're a part of. So, hey, you are now assigned to the net, to the X silo. We then, a brand ambassador inside of the RV will let you try out a shoe, put on some swag, and take you over to the next part of the RV, where we've installed six displays in a really interesting pattern. And all around you, there's videos playing, the videos going through different displays because they're all aware of each other educating you about that particular product and shoe. And also alongside that is about 50 feet of LED light on the ceiling and around you that are all working in tandem with each other. At the end of that, there's a uh, photo moment where you're asked to pose for a photo and we send that photo out to you directly via email so that you can share it. So a complete immersive experience built into an RV. And that was probably one of the more exciting projects we've done in, uh, in, a, in a while. Yeah, that's a great concept. I love that. So you might have already kept it there, um, but would you say that that was one of your biggest success stories? Or is there another story that, um, like a project you've worked on that is, has been super successful that you're really proud of? Um, well, I think that, yeah, th those are the ones that I'd like to talk about right now. Uh, there's a couple of other projects that we are working on too, but I can't talk about it at this point in time. Uh, but I think in the next few months, we'll be ready to announce it. Oh, brilliant. Well, we'll look out for them then. Um, so in terms of the actual technical side of it, so you obviously merge digital with physical in really innovative ways. Can you talk us through how you actually do that? Yeah, we um, actually look at it from a lens of, okay. So the way that we merge physical and digital is 
varying uh, depending on what we're doing. But our focus really has been on augmented reality. Um, we look at augmented reality in three different ways. So one way that we look at augmented reality is obviously through headsets, the minority report type stuff where now you're wearing a pair of augmented reality glasses and there is a layer of digital information between you and the physical world. Another way that we look at augmented reality is through smartphones, uh, a similar concept to the previous one where you're looking at a digital layer between you and the real world. Um, you are now using your smartphone to access this. And that can be done either through an app that's custom built specifically for that use case, or it can be done through an existing app like Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. Um, it could also be done through the web if that's something that's of interest. Uh, the web also has its own myriad of uh, benefits as well that go along with it. And the last way that we do it is through spaces. So the Adidas experience that I just described, that was uh, what we consider to be spatial augmented reality. Uh, we also use a lot of projectors, displays, anything that we could do to go beyond just the screen, but also uh, not as far as using your smartphone or your headset to create an AI experience. Mm, yeah, there's lots of lots of things there. Um, so our podcast um, is mainly focused on digital transformation within the public sector. Uh, so we talk a lot about interesting ways that local authorities can save money or use innovation um, to help with budgets and increase efficiencies, improve customer service, all that kind of thing. So how would you say could councils or local authorities, public sector as a whole, utilise immersive technology? Technologies to better engage their constituents? Yeah, um, I think from a public sector perspective, there's a couple of different routes that public sector organizations can take. One, I think when you're dealing with the public, you're dealing with a ton and ton and ton of data. And you ultimately need data to back up all of your decisions, and you need to be able to show how you came to those conclusions effectively. So one of the trends that's been happening in the uh, extended reality XR world is data visualization. Can we go away from the traditional spreadsheet and now create a 3D experience of data? So now placing the data not just on a chart, but right in front of you in 3D so that you can walk around it and you can understand what it is that you're doing and what happens when you change certain parameters, right? So for example, if a government is planning uh, new roads and is planning to uh, figure out how the transportation is going to be affected and how the traffic is going to be affected in that particular space, you can simulate those particular environments and simulate those uh, visuals in 3D as opposed to just on your screen uh, as an Excel sheet. Um, I think that's going to lead to significant benefits both for the public and also for the people that are making these decisions because of how they can uh, think much more visually. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say the sort of first steps for people doing this? Say if, if there is a council listening, how would they, what are their first steps, would you say? Yeah, I'm all of, always of the opinion that it's best to run a pilot program so you can get buy-in from stakeholders, right? So from a first steps perspective, it's identify your 
uh, potential solutions. Say, hey, what are the available options out there? And that's something that uh, we or you can help identify very easily because we have the expertise within that space. But to me, it's always about run a very small pilot program, try to get buy-in from your stakeholders and see if this is an actual uh, possibility for you and your organization and whether it's really affecting change. And for me, I think that once you try it on and once you uh, assess its viability, it's highly, highly likely that the agency will buy in just because the efficiencies are unmatched to any other technology previously. Yeah, it's about testing the water, I guess, isn't it, initially? Um, so what would you say the public sector could learn from the private sector when it comes to experimentation, especially within immersive technology? Um, experiment more. I mean, I think one of the hard things from a public perspective perspective is one, they're constantly uh, short staffed uh, because of the pressure that they're getting from the government to cut down on budgets, right? Um, and I think what technology can do is allow you to very rapidly try different things and see what, what clicks and see what happens, right? So even if you're able to um, just generally implement a uh, systemic level approach to, hey, why don't you keep trying different things when you get a moment and see what sets. And instead of enabling like a top down policy, see if you can implement a horizontal policy where now you're talking to people who are trying these different things and seeing how it's working for them in their daily lives. And by that, I mean the government employees that are going to be running these systems. Then that could be really, really effective. Like um, one of the things that we've uh, also seen that could be really interesting is trying to affect change from the bottom up as opposed to the top down. So the people that are actually working in the field, how can you improve their lives and how could you improve the processes and systems that they do? Because ultimately those are the touch points that are going to be out with your public, with your, with your customers, for lack of a better term. Yeah, absolutely. Um, off the top of your head, sorry, no pressure, um, but could you think of a really cool example of how um, a government or, you know, a local council, any sort of public sector organisation, um, how they could implement immersive tech? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that augmented reality can do is it can create a layer of digital experiences atop the real world. So what does that mean? Well, think about it this way. What if you had the ability to place a post-it anywhere you wanted around the world and it would never, ever, ever go away? And that post-it could be personalized or it could be shared with other people as well. So for example, let's say um, you are looking at a pothole or a um, person out in the world is looking at a pothole and instead of them trying to describe to you, hey, there's a pothole here, 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 and exactly this street, when you go there to fix it, you may either not find it or it might be difficult to locate and it's kind of an inefficient process. Now, what if that same person could simply place a digital post-it or a digital arrow explaining to you, here is what I'm talking about. And now when you send out something to fix it, they can immediately see visually what it is that you're trying to tell them and what they need to fix. Now take that similar concept and apply it to um, a lot of different maintenance stuff, right? So any machines, platforms, and infrastructure that need to be maintained 
uh, and you need the manuals and the resources to make those main those repairs and changes and maintain the system, uh, you can now do visually. So you don't have to hand someone a manual that might be physical or they have to dig up on their email. Instead, you just add a digital post-it and then attach that media to it. Um, and now they immediately have access to those manuals and access to the data and access to the information that they need to make smarter decisions and better decisions and quicker decisions. Yeah, that's a great example. Thank you. That's fab. Um, okay, so we created the podcast as sort of like a knowledge share and a library of information around digital transformation. So have you got any suggestions, any podcasts or books or resources that you find really useful that you could recommend? Yeah, yeah. There's a podcast on Spotify. I mean, I listen to all of my podcasts on Spotify, but the podcast that I'm referring to is by this gentleman named Naval Ravikant. Naval Ravikant is the founder of this company called AngelList. And he's an extremely interesting entrepreneur. Uh, currently, the CEO of AngelList took the company public in the past before, invested in a ton and ton of companies himself. And uh, I've been following his podcast quite a bit. He just provides a very, very upfront and honest uh, perspective of the world, which I really enjoy. And he's not trying to sell you anything. He's not trying to tell you what you should do. He's just providing his opinion with the variety of guests that he has. And it's interesting to hear how someone who took investing and um, something that's fairly hidden away from the public eye into the internet world and how he's made a platform that's helped uh, investors and startups find each other uh, in such a grand scale. So that's one podcast for digital transformation that I highly, highly recommend. That sounds really interesting. I'm definitely going to check that out. Thank you. Um, Ak, have you been such a great guest? And there's definitely everything you've talked about is such food for thought. So I think that our followers and our subscribers are going to really, really enjoy this episode. So thank you. <laughs> thank so you. Much. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. This has been a blast. Uh, I look forward to hearing our conversation later. It's hard for me, though, because it's uh, whenever I put it on, and listen back to it. I'm like, oh, is that how I sound? So viewers, I'm sorry. Uh, listeners, I'm sorry. But hey, you've been amazing too. Thank you very much. I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Akib. I, I'm sure you'll agree he's a super interesting guy with loads of ideas. Um, so the options are endless there for utilising immersive technologies in the public sector. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. And as well as ha using hashtag the podcast, we've also set up a LinkedIn group called the Public Sector Digital Transformation Group. It is a closed group. Um, and the members tend to be people working within digital transformation within the public sector. So if that's you, then please join us. Uh, so that's on LinkedIn and it's called the Public Sector Digital Transformation Group. Uh, we open up conversations following on from the podcast. So today, for example, you know, we'll talk about other ways that immersive technologies can be used um, within the public sector. So it's a really great space for collaborative thinking. It's very much a think tank. We share resources that we think will be really useful for you and your digital transformation process. And it's also just like a really nice space to open up conversations, any queries that people are having. Um, there's often the same challenges for, for a lot of the different councils. So it's just a great space to be part of. So definitely request access. And um, we would love to have you and chat to you within there. So hopefully see you there. Until next week, have a great one.